Hello everybody and welcome to my brand new podcast, Music to Live For with Shanti, it's me, Shanti, a Swiss musicologist and stage manager, talking with different artists and discussing different topics belonging to the music business. Here we are, episode number 20. So far it's been a real pleasure to have the chance to talk to these wonderful people. So much good energy and passion. I've learned a lot. In this episode, Nicolas Laustus, drummer of the Danish band called Night for Alligators, gave me a chance to know more about his band and his eater as a musician. I really enjoy talking to other drummers as I feel we have something in common. Did you know that Cold Night for Alligators recorded acoustic instruments to give their progressive metal a touch of class? So let's go! Check this out! Hello everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of Music to Live for with Shanti. Today I'm here with a drummer of the band Cold Night for Alligators. Hi Nikolai, how are you doing? Hi Shanti, I'm very well, thank you. How about you? Yeah, the sunshine here in Basel, um, Saturday morning recording podcast. What could be better, you know? Like this is really an activity that makes me uh, a lot of fun and give me a lot of joy. So that's great. Um, as a ritual, I will let you introduce yourself for the audience. All right. Well, I'm uh, Nikolai Latus. I'm the drummer of Danish uh, band Cold Night for Alligators. Uh, we play, I would say, progressive metal. Uh, we are launching a. Uh, couple of new singles at the moment uh, in anticipation of our next record, uh, which will be out uh, at some point via a Rising Empire Records. Uh, well, it's always an hard question, this, but how would you describe the sound of the band? Um, I would say uh, it's eclectic. Uh, nerdy and uh, emotional metal of some sort i would say yeah that that's pretty good like uh, when people when i i still say we play progressive metal but like we don't sound anything like together or periphery uh, or something i think i think we're we're on the softer side uh, we are we are i'd say we're progressive in the way that we, we try stuff out. We don't really set limits for ourselves. But I would say our sound is, it's not super technical. It kind of was on the earlier records, but now we are more into like, uh, sort of more, more focused, tighter songwriting, I would say, especially on the new stuff, which I'm really, really proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was listening to, uh, before the episode, the song No Connection. And I really enjoyed the sound um, because, as I said, it's, it's metal. It's, there is this prog influence, but it's also quite smooth, I would say. And uh, it's also so interesting sound. I mean, they were, you, you also, you not just use or record uh, electronic instrument. You, there is also influence from other kind of, mm-hmm. um, of instrument in it. I, yeah. I, yeah, there's piano, violin. And saxophone. I forget if there's anything else on that number on that track, but uh, but thank you. Yeah, I'm very proud of it as well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it's on the definitely on the it's definitely like the softest track we've ever released. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of like it's the least metal we've ever sounded, but we were just super happy with it. Yeah, it's definitely a solid track. I love it. And hey, I need to ask, what is about the name of the band? Yeah, uh, we've been asked that a lot, and it's not it's not a great story. I and that was before my time. To give you some background, uh, mm-hmm. I joined in 2016. So it's been a while, but uh, the band has actually been going. I think since 2011 in some form. I think they were, and maybe the guys will get mad at me, but I think they weren't really a serious, super serious band at that point. So they had like a lot of changeovers. They they released their first album in 2016, right before I joined. So there were a few years where they, they played some shows and, and recorded some EPs and, and with a bunch of different people. Uh, so it maybe wasn't the most focused effort like it is today. But they I think it was the first bassist in the band. And he just came up with the phrase from somewhere. I think it's like a word... What, how do you say, like an idiom, like it's like a common saying, uh, but I have no idea what it means. And he was, I think he was only in the band for a month. So that was sort of, <laughs> that was his only contribution. Uh, but uh, so it's not a great story, but it, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, the thing, I always think uh, interesting to see um, how band choose, you know, the name or the story behind. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, like <laughs> something incredible, but. Yes, I mean, um, the fact is that, you know, sometimes you have some name and then you have the sound and the, the name looks a lot about like the sound of this band. You know, let's say when you play really aggressive music, normally you yeah. choose like as well quite a kicking or aggressive name. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I received your a message from you on Instagram the first time and I, I was thinking, okay, call nine for alligators. Gotta check it out. And I, I have to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. I, I used to um, normally I used to keep myself open, you know. I just just yeah. go curiosity, and then I said, oh, that's an interesting sound combination with that name. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's to me it's totally fascinating. And yeah. as I said, um, the track I've listened to definitely. Um, Solid is is it's another kind of sound that normally you used to hear in, in that scene, I suppose. No. Um, I have to be honest, I'm more into hardcore and punk or metalcore, but um, that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, and I have to be honest, I first time I heard a name, I was thinking about some kind of punk rock or something like this. Um, but I have to admit that uh, Denmark release a really good bands in different kind of music. Uh, I noticed that in the last times um, doing podcasting and texting with friends through this COVID period, uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of connection and friends there in Copenhagen and the region and mm-hmm. all those friends playing in bands that I really like, you know, <laughs> that that's really cool. Like uh, um, I'm, I normally used to tour with Ghost Iris and yeah. I know guys from right away. Um, last year, I discovered Cabell and oh, yeah. you know, all different sounds from the same region. And all the sounds 
to me personally are really 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 cool i mean they yeah. had really a strong impact and i think this is a, this is interesting to see because it seems to me that here in switzerland a small country um there's a lot of good musicians mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people nowadays are starting producing themselves using social media and and um and youtube to promote themselves but sometimes it's still that it seems like they try to stay you know on the line of what is mainstream right now i mean maybe to be sure that the product is listened to um but yeah i, I this is something that i also asked myself last night well what's going on here i mean a couple of friends in copenhagen like this and yeah. everybody playing good music uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is kind of interesting, and um, um, and just to say, am I going through okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Good. I was just checking my own, and and you you were louder in my end than I was, but as long as you you as long as I record on your end, that's fine. Um. Oh yeah. About yeah. But but and we were also talking about that previously, and I think the the scene here in Denmark is like incredibly healthy right now also i would say given our sort of the history of the danish scene is kind of surprising mm-hmm. because like if you look at you of course you know some of the bands that are maybe more into the part of the sort of more i would say sort of new school uh you know like metal core ish with some various uh different flavors like Ghost Irish, Cabal. I would still say we are kind of a metalcore band, at least. Maybe not, you know, you mentioned No Connection. That's not really a metalcore track, but a lot of our stuff is it's kind of that. But also within, like, you know, bands that have more of, you know, like an old-school ethos, like like the, within, like, death metal and, and, and black metal and stuff like that, at least here in Copenhagen, there's a really... Uh, it seems like there's a really thriving scene and bands are getting like a lot of recognition also like um, um, mainstream uh, mainstream attention, which is really weird. Like death metal has become kind of mainstream in Denmark. Uh, not like the band, they aren't still aren't played on the radio, but like they get like the press cover coverage and uh, awards and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and of course, some bands are starting to really do well internationally. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Ghost Iris and Cabal, but also um, we have some good friends in Mull, uh, who's like a black gaze band. Uh, they're from not from Copenhagen, but from Aarhus um, in the western part of Denmark, um, and they're they're like just a huge success. They're signed to Nuclear Blast now. Uh, and, uh, I, I I I got a sneak pre preview of their, their upcoming records so they're, they're just going to be even bigger now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah it's kind of exciting because I feel like you know uh, being from Denmark uh, in like all aspects like we are, you always compare yourself to like Sweden uh, and that's all of that your neighboring countries and like if, if you compare like metal in the 19s and the, the arts in Denmark and Sweden, Denmark is just like that's that, that's like no contest. It's like um, what would you say? It's like uh, Denmark is playing around in the sandbox in in the kindergarten, and like the, the Swedish bands uh, have gone pro. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yeah. and and like I know people that were like in good bands in, in Denmark in the in the nineties, but like still, it's like you cannot compare it to what. Sugar uh, at the 
Gates uh, flames, stuff like that that were uh, that have been coming. Like some of the older Swedish bands at the same mm-hmm. time, which which are just like international, you know, benchmarks mm-hmm. uh, bands at least in our genre. Yeah, I think we have the same problem or the same uh, topics with uh, Germany and Switzerland. You know, like yeah, and not just for the language, but even musically, uh, Germany has a, this huge impact for Central Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens a couple of years ago. There was a lot of good um, metalcore band also here in Switzerland, but everybody thought, "Oh, you're from Germany," or like this. It's difficult to uh, connect that name with that specific country sometimes. Yeah. Uh, But um, I think this is maybe one of the positive uh, um, reaction to this COVID period, you know, that a, mm-hmm. lo- a lot of bands definitely had the time um, to, to start a new product, to start a new ways of producing music and create, yeah. you know, because uh, sometimes, I mean, with the rhythm we had before, um, we were for sure um, a lot on tour, Uh, of course, receiving new input from that kind of experience, but now it was like, just like a full stop. And so, what we can, what we can do, what how we feel our days, and uh, um, yeah. it happens to me to listen to as a sneak peek of some new song will be released from some bands, and I say, mm, you notice that there is this, in some ways, forced period of staying mm-hmm. closed and. And uh, on the other side, you notice that uh, all the emotions, because this is art, I mean, music, it works directly with emotion. You, you notice that it comes out in different ways. And, and um, so I think culturally, it's definitely an interesting period to live in right now. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I've thought the same, of course, we've discussed that a lot since that's what we've done like everyone else. Uh, and I, I sort of think about it like before, Uh, as you said, there was a rhythm. So it's sort of like before, if you were like a musician that wanted to release music and play shows after, like based on those releases, you were sort of like, if you imagine like a factory, you're standing at an assembly line and you know everything moves at a certain speed and you know, all right, you have to wrap this, this product up and put it on there so it can move on at the right time and there's a rhythm to it. And now with... COVID, like the assembly line stopped and you just got, you just got locked away in your workshop to like, well, come up with something mm-hmm. like, like it's, it's not gonna get out anytime soon. There's like none of the, the regular uh, demands uh, that, that you're used to are around right now. So it's sort of like, it's up to you what you want to, what you want to make. Uh, and I, and it's really cool in that way but I also feel like at least for now we're, we're releasing we're holding off a little bit on, on our release but uh, it's just gonna uh, be a nightmare trying to get attention as like a smaller band coming out of COVID because yeah everyone has new stuff they want to promote you can also see right now all of the festivals are getting extended we have mm-hmm. like Copenhagen in uh in Copenhagen is like yeah the, the big metal festival they just extended with an extra day and if you look at the headliners they just want to maximize like how much many people they can draw they have mm-hmm. Metallica Iron Maiden Judas Priest and Kiss Whoa. those are the the four headliners and it's not like it's not like a 
it's a big enough festival, but it's like, I think it's like 20 something thousand people. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like insane overkill in terms of like how much music is being pushed now after COVID. But it, like, it's going to be great for festival goers because they're going to get like, extra days of everything uh, but, yeah uh, and everybody kinda... want to join it you know like we are yeah. all missing i had the chance to work on some streaming project um mm-hmm. it was classical music but it was so good the, mm-hmm. you know the feeling to be there in sitting mm-hmm. in the hall and listen to some live music because yeah um yeah you you noticed that you were missing something yeah and definitely. that that feelings yeah of going on stage even standing behind the curtains you know doing the logistic and everything but mm-hmm. you're part of the whole thing and you like this energy that there is before a band goes on stage you you feel it and and this is what you i was missing but i think a lot of people out there so yeah, all right so were you part of the crew or were you just an audience uh, or just i mean i was part, i was part of the crew uh okay. in this project kind of project so mm-hmm. yes yeah, part of my old job i would say mm-hmm. um doing more stuff like this and now i'm just um, um let's say working on the computer and talking with customers mm-hmm. <laughs> always about music stuff but yeah a little bit different i mean i think we yeah. we, uh, we had to accept uh, a couple of changes i was in for right now in what we were doing and <laughs> but it's okay you know um still uh, be able to work in the music business uh it's a blast and um um, I still believe that um, arts can, you know, it's it's more, right now, uh, it's more political, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more what, what, when we'll be able to get access to to theater and concert halls. I mean, yeah. in Switzerland, it's, it's kind of progressive right now. But at the same time, you already start reading articles about, yeah, things going to get a little bit harder. In autumn, um, of yeah. course, we hope not so, but yeah, there is this insecurity. And um, so it's kind of stressful, you know, like you, you know that we will be back on track, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's already one year of this crazy situation. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, in some ways I, I got used to like going by, travel by train with, with mask and everything. Mm-hmm. Now it's, yeah, who cares? But uh, yeah, when you think about activities we are used to do, you know, you know, you know, as as a musician, um, yeah, I mean, it's the feeling yeah, is that it's gonna take weird. a little bit longer, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of like I have just given up on expectations. Like, if we we have some stuff booked in the fall, mm-hmm. and oh, it'll it'll because that's. Like uh, we have some stuff booked outside of Denmark because in Denmark you can you can play shows that they're like seated and, and restricted uh, in terms of number of audience members, but you can play shows in Denmark. But we have some European shows booked in the fall, and I'm sort of like, oh, we'll see. I'll uh, I'll believe it when I'm uh, when I'm at the venue and sort of uh, that's sort of my attitude. Uh, but also now it's like now that uh, it's actually possible, I just want to go like as much as, uh, as 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 humanly possible like we just uh, we played our first show in like yeah 15 months i, th- mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. about a month ago uh, we opened for uh, vola if you are uh, aware of them 
No, so I don't. If I don't not, know you that. should really check them out. There, there's like this. They're, they're not too far from us, genre-wise. They're just I don't know, bigger, bigger and better. Uh, but they're they're incredible. Um, we played with them here in Copenhagen. It was just oh, so refreshing uh, to actually because you only get, for me at least, like all the the sucky parts of being in a band. Uh, oh, you, we only got that for the last year and a half, so it just finally, oh, stage again. That's uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. And we also we talked to some of our friends. Actually, I talked to Ghost Iris as well. Then the the rehearsal room next to us. Um, it's like all bands have like become like production companies instead mm -hmm. of bands right now because everything is all, oh we have to create you know content for the digital world because you can't just you know can't play you can't just release music like if you just release a spotify link like you're, you you've wasted your time like mm -hmm. you, you should have just not written a song if you want people to hear it so uh, it, it's uh, and it's it's fine i'm happy to do it like i'm really passionate about the band but it's like it's not the fun part uh, mm -hmm. it's like going mm -hmm. to work yeah, it's like you, you also want to be in a band because you are playing with some friends and yeah. with other people, you know. And now um, it seems like you, you can do a lot on your own, mm. but uh, yeah. at the same time, it's not the same feeling, <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, you, you definitely need to, to, to have somebody playing with you because it's the fun part of the fun part <laughs> of having yeah, a band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and of course uh, now I'm making it up maybe worse than it was because like, yeah, we get along really well in the band and, and like everyone's really on the same page in terms of like this is a priority, this is something we need to put and work on. But yeah, I've just yeah, as everyone like that whole it's not that motivating that you know the the, the end end goal of it all for me is to play music in front of people. So and that has just hasn't been an option. So so like oh maybe if we do this then at some point we don't know in the future it will pay off mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. getting to play in front of people <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's gonna be like a new renaissance like people like discover it i mean younger generation mm -hmm. will discover it uh, once again you know like uh, it would be like a, not just a revival but really a new experience you know being there and enjoying live music so i um, I have the feeling that when will be welcome the time that um, we'll be able just to go to a concert. It will be like like a new experience once again, and mm. this is this is what should motivate artists in general to keep doing what they're doing. You know, like yeah, I think yeah. that like uh, we're not giving up anytime soon. We're just uh, we're just complaining a little more while we're uh, while we're, <laughs> while we're yeah. Working. But it, it's okay. This is also part of of our I guess of. Uh, of this new that's why I, generation, right? <laughs> that's why I wanted to do the podcast, just to complain to the world. That's yes. A... <laughs> yeah, this is also an opinion, you know. Sometimes sometimes uh, we just try to, to say and show all the positive things out there. But mm. yeah, I'm the first one to say that, yeah, you know, I'm, I miss and I really, really want to go back, be able to be, uh, yeah, working on shows uh, and everything. And uh, I have some friends in Italy that are, do it their best to do small shows and kudos to those people because um, because um, I think this is one of the most important topics in general, wherever you are in Europe, 
or around the world. It's just that culture is something important uh, mm-hmm. for daily life. I mean, because people sometimes they go on Netflix or they turn on the radio and they think that these kind of products are just like done like this, you know, like they were already there. They don't it's- think there is kind of process behind people making makeup light engineer sound engineer cameras uh, directors you know like it seems like every the, all yeah, every products are just there it's instant uh, gratification and not like talk because like i'm the same as everyone else like i sewn out in front of netflix or hbo or whichever it is sometimes but uh, yeah that's i like uh, i don't know i like putting in the work uh, and, and and doing something creative uh, and sharing it. That's, uh, mm. uh, but um, so I never like I sort of never. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, like because like ever since I was, well, I've been playing drums since I was nine, but ever since I was like twelve or something, that's like all I've been like thinking about. Like I've been, you know, I was drums in my desk at school and then when I got home like when I was like 11 12 years old I would like if I had uh, if I had the time I would practice like five or six hours cool. uh, and 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 then when I was 16 I started playing in bands and stuff so I never really like understood people that didn't have like hobbies that they just mm-hmm. spend all their time on like mm-hmm. and it's not true I don't know you don't don't have to we don't have to feel the same way. I have the same interests, but I just, I just felt a little alien to it. Like if you don't have something that, you know, takes up all your time and money, then what are you spending it on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, uh, and this is sort of silly, but when I've got my first like full-time job, uh, some of the other, uh, there were a bunch of other new joiners right up, right out of university. And sometimes when they would like talk about, they've been to this expensive restaurant and, and I was like, I was sort of feeling like, well, okay, you make the same as me. Like, it's not like I could probably afford it, but it would seem really expensive to me. So how come that? And then I realized, all right, because they're not spending all their money on like drum gear and uh, yes. recording sessions. Yeah. Now I know what to say because um, <laughs> yeah. I've t- I'm a drummer too. Um, then I learned. Oh, cool. I didn't realize. And. Um, to me, at that time, uh, when I started, daily, the most important thing was one, two things. One, playing with my friends. I, I can't rem- If I close my eyes, I can see myself in, the, in that first Rialza room with those friends who were teenagers. And mm-hmm. those friends, still good friends nowadays. So, you know, that, that's a great memory uh, behind that. But yeah. um, on the other side, I always just want to play... Um, I would say for fun. Um, yeah. And I guess I had the wrong approach to technique, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have a lack of technique and on my snare, I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess I grew up in um, with some people that were way, way much too competitive as I am. Mm-hmm. So uh, it felt a little bit that this passion for for playing, just playing, mm-hmm. and not always say, oh, you know, I can do that, or, um, oh, yeah, we need to cover that, but the part was so difficult, you know, there wasn't this 
input, you know, to put yourself and getting to learn that specific fields and something like this, uh, because it seems like always to push only one direction and it wasn't not the fun one, you know? Yeah. And, um, is in, and I was talking to this with a friend of mine who studied bass in England. Uh, we come from the same region of the South of Switzerland and, mm-hmm. um, he told me a little bit like the same. I told him, you know, um, now we are 35 and I said, oh, um, you know, when we were, when we met, we were teenagers and I was kind of always um, shy to talk to you because uh, it seems like you were like the best one, you know, or you're playing that and that, but I was so insecure what we're doing. But at the same time, I know that I was doing that good. I had a lot of good feedback about how I was playing in a punk band like this and it was a, yeah, you know, to me, it is just fun, really. I, I really enjoy, made my day and everything. And um, and he told me the same, you know, I also, he told me, you know, after I handed the school, I had like a crisis, you know, like I just, I didn't touch the bass for a, for a while. And now mm-hmm. I start again, I change the chords shorts and I'm there jamming again and I rediscovering mm-hmm. the passion for an instrument. So I think there was like more ways to get it where you, where you are or where you think is uh is the right way to play and yeah. uh, sometimes when some some people ask me uh oh my son would like to play this and that um i would say yeah you know it's okay when you show uh to a young guy um or girl um um the how to read you know the the patch of a drum and but at the end i would say give him a, a lot of music to listen to and then let him mm-hmm. let him try you know the first step i think somebody here need to to feel it, and then in that way, you, you, everybody then choose in which direction. Okay, I want to go more technical, or mm-hmm. just you know. But it, it doesn't have to be forced to think that if you don't get in that way, you won't be able to reach some results yeah. directly. You know, I see this more like an um, a development. You know, like uh, like going slowly and everything and. Uh, and then, of course, it arrives the day when somebody say, no, I want to, to play now in that kind of music. So you know that you need to learn those kind mm-hmm. of skills. And then, but this yeah. arrived with this fun idea behind. Because it's, yeah. I don't know if it's a concept more European, you know, uh, of playing. Like, uh, even in classical music, there is a lot of stress because you, you need to find a teacher. You need to find uh, instruments that are expensive and even lessons too. And then I had the yeah. chance to work in, uh, in the jazz uh, music with f- artists from New Orleans and America. And they were mm-hmm. so simple pe- persons, but with a huge technique, you know. And this mm-hmm. technique just comes f- just for playing with the friends, parents, you know. Yeah, that's, I know. It's interesting that way because I feel like if people ask me, like uh, people that are parents, for example, that want their kids to an instrument like well how did you what did your parents do and i don't i know my parents did the same thing with me and my siblings like we had to play an instrument until we were like a certain age where they couldn't force us to do stuff but like i was just the only one that had like got like a real that had enough fun practicing to keep on going Mm -hmm. but on the same time like there is some there's something to be said about like if you can teach if you can be taught discipline that you have to do this because it's important that you're good at it, then uh, you will you'll be happy for it later on. 
I was having actually a, a discussion with, uh, with some people I work with and one of them's Chinese. And she said, like, we were talking about music because we realized we'd all played music and one of them wanted to, she wanted her kids to uh, play the piano. Mm-hmm. And she was saying like, oh, well, they're, they're just going to have to. And then, uh, and then the other guy said, well, that, that sounds very Chinese because that's sort of, it's a different, like, it's not that they don't want their kids to enjoy it, but like they value teaching kids discipline in a way. Now you said it's a very European thing. I think on our continent, it's just more of a cultural thing with stuff like that, that fun comes first and then we'll see where it leads to. So I don't know, I try not to, I try not to think about the way that I was raised uh, as all the, you know, as all the good points. <laughs> uh, in that way but I, I don't know I guess for me it was all just always like it's important to be fun because it's you're never gonna get anywhere on your own if you don't realize that you want to be good at it and that starts with enjoying what you do and also you're gonna suck at first like like I've been in bands when I was younger like where I realized alright even when I was playing it oh, we, we, we kind of suck uh, but uh, <laughs> But but let's just keep going because this is cool. Uh, like we make noise and there's a guy yelling and uh, I can try and play fast double bass on top of it. Uh, and that has that has a value all of its own. Like uh, you're just not gonna move people because you're not good enough yet. But you, you you're not gonna start out being good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I think that's really important. Uh, that's why I always I I, um, I hate these. Uh, talent shows just anything not just singing but anything that just glorifies talent as a concept mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they sort of i don't really and i've gotten into long arguments about this i don't really believe that talent exists and to the extent that it exists it doesn't matter but the way it's being perceived is like oh we need to find someone with talent and that means coming out and being perfect on the first try mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. not how that shit works and also if you see that as a young impressionable person you realize oh i don't sound like that i'll never amount to anything uh i'll i'm I'm just gonna do whatever instead i'm not gonna make the effort Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it's uh, and i was really happy that i had supportive parents like i had a (laughs) i had a drum kit in our basement and you as i said i would sometimes practice for five or six hours a day yeah uh, and it's insane to me that they tolerated it uh, I, I I remember one time I um, I had been practicing for like three hours or something and my uh, my room was in the basement and our living room was right on top of it and I stopped and then I, I got up to the, the ground floor and my and my father was uh, taking a nap on the couch so he had been like sleeping while I was practicing drums for so get hours. used to it the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, about this topic, uh, if somebody yeah. in the audience would be interested, there is this episode uh, I recorded with Chiara Palio, and she's an amazing piano player from Italy. Uh, she's living also here in Basel. And um, we were discussing the same about this, you know, about um, from where comes talent, passion. And in her case, it was interesting because um, in her family, um, there's no other musician. She had a piano mm-hmm. at the grandma house home, was playing with a cousin or something like this. And then from that just comes out this interest for their instrument and to get deeper and deeper and deeper into repertoire and technique, you know, mm-hmm. and 
So um, if you're interested about this topic, I just I can uh, just advise you go and check it out the episode I did. Cool, I'll I'll check that out. And uh, yeah, because um, I remember being at a university. Uh, now we're talking about eleven years ago, and um, of course I was another person. I was still really young and not so mature in my head <laughs> I learned a lot in the last year and uh, but i remember this friend of mine saying um well at the time i just stopped playing with band because I, I i was in a new part of the country um so i need to concentrate myself on, my, on what i'm studying and everything um so at the beginning um i was just me studying and listening to punk rock and then i joined some local bands here and it was so good for friendship and everything um but i wasn't so active you know like i want to improve myself or i want to i just want to play just play and um and then this friend of mine from italy just texted me and say i mean i guess we were on, still on myspace no it was the first facebook era and he texted me hey shanti how you doing Listen, I have a band. We're from Palermo. Uh, we would like to come touring in Europe. And um, what about organize us a concert in Basel? And I say, I never done that, but why not? And, you know, that was an important process because the first show I did in my life, I did it all on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, it went good. Um, but the most important thing is that from that day, I I noticed that there was something that I was doing. I did it with pleasure, with interest. Mm -hmm. um, I put a lot of hours and efforts and it was something that it, it wasn't boring me or make me tired, you know, like I always keeping talk to people. Uh, I also, uh, in that period, I connect to Chris Melin, uh, shout out to him because he, he was my partner in crime. Uh, for the booking mm -hmm. agency, I had to to ground with him, and Tersicore Booking organized a lot of events here in Basel. That's the way I know Daniel of Costaris because he play here with Scarpa Beauty. You know, oh, yeah. so this is was the start of something bigger. But about uh, my profession, um, three years ago I was on tour with Costaris and I was driving through the night. We were in France. And uh, I was driving, everybody was sleeping, and I was thinking to myself, you know, this is what I'm doing for a living. And mm -hmm. I love it. I like it, you know. Uh, it's stressful sometimes, but it's cool. And But thinking about the whole process, you know, of uh, being a young guy in the South, uh, just playing music, being a lot of insecure about mm -hmm. what's my place in music, you know, in this, uh, in this, in this hearts, then studying and starting my first shows and and i mean i noticed that um the process you did playing regularly i did it like on a longer term <laughs> and then or with your with this management and organ or events organization thing i just mm -hmm. improve it you know like i remember yeah. go to school then coming home here in my small room and then uh, start chatting with friends and looking, hey, when we can uh, do in this and that, how would you like to organize this and that, you know? And I, I was constant and I was constant, constant. And then, uh, you know, it, it ended up that I had a job at the opera in Zurich that it was one of the most great concert hall of the country, you know, like 
it brings me in other it broke me in a lot of places where I I thought oh that would be nice to work there one day and mm-hmm. one years later I was there working you know and cool. um, I think the, yeah. this 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 process of finding something that you like and you enjoy uh, mm-hmm. and the way you you put that um, that effort I would say and this is something that we're struggling a lot. Because I said I was a drummer, I was seeing a lot of friends improving, blast beating, double bass drum, <laughs> double my, uh, double snare. I always say double roll. Have you seen my coffee cup? Sorry, sorry. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I have a, also a T-shirt from the drummer of uh, Straight from the Path. I, uh, uh, I have one of those. I bought that to get just uh, yeah. My coffee cup says blast beats. <laughs> yeah, and I got the the, 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 yeah. the porn up uh, cover like, but oh, yeah. plus speed on it, and I love it. <laughs> I have the one with the uh, with a gorilla on it. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that post- podcast as well. <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. It's a lot of inspiring. But mm-hmm. as I said, and then I had my my thoughts, but then I saw if I go if I look back in my in these eleven years, I saw this progress, you know, and. This is something that I think is really interesting. And I would like also to share. This is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, you know, try to, to be able to share something with the with youngers or older friends, you know, and try to give this motivation. You know, there is not one right way to do something, but there no, but is a lot, but your experience I think would be really, really motivating for people that the same of your character you know i think oh maybe i'm spending too much time (laughs) no that's the way it makes you funny makes you happy makes you feel complete at the end of the day so let's go for it yeah it's sort of yeah because i think it's like with everything in life like if you are genuine and put in the work like not only are people gonna want to do stuff with you but you at the end of the day you're not gonna feel like it's it's wasted no matter what the results mm-hmm. are because like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I really like my band and we do some, we do some cool stuff. But like, if you compare to like Ghost Diaries, we talked about and not because they're a huge band, but we are like, uh, we are like nobody's compared to them, but it's sort of like, well, I don't care. I think like the new, new record we did is so fucking good. Like I'm so happy with it. It's the best mm-hmm. thing I've ever been a part of. Like, even like normally I hate listening to the drums after I record something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stoked on almost all, all everything I did there, and like the the songwriting, the vocals, the production, uh, we went all in on this one. So I just felt like, oh, it's yeah, it was the absolute best we can do. And that sort of like it comes from, you know, the guys knew me, I knew the guys, I respected their effort and their mentality, and they apparently saw something I could contribute to that. But it's sort of like your attitude. Is gonna bring about the results, so and people are gonna recognize that. It's like you know, with my in my day job, which is again completely different. It's like very corporate, but we, when we look at like new hires, like if you come right out of school, of course you know if you have the right degree and you've studied the right subjects, that's mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. a check mark. And if you have good grades, but it's not gonna get you hired. It's like uh, what have you actually done? Have you had any relevant work? And it's like yeah. the same. <clears throat> the same with music like I, I i i'm it's maybe not it's not the best comparison because it's so different but like you, you know i'm not gonna i can show up with all the right drum gear and if i play if i play stuff that doesn't vibe 
with the other people creatively, it's just, oh, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I actually, uh, I talk, I told you this, I'm doing a couple of, of session things. I'm, I'm sta- doing stand-in drums for Cabal, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really cool Danish band. People should check out. They like, they're, they're pretty big. You, they probably know them if they, if they've found their way here. But, uh, and I had my, First practice with them uh, on Thursday this week, and today's Saturday, so two nights ago. And I just, uh, and I was also like, I had a really short time to learn twelve songs, so I just felt like I absolutely butchered it. But but I, I the vibe was good, and you know the mm-hmm. I just focused on getting through the songs, and they were pretty positive. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then now, oh, now I have a month to improve all the you know, the tricky double bass parts that I just completely fucked up. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but they were confident. Like I told them, oh. also because I've, had, I've been having, a, I had a back injury. So I took oh. three weeks off from playing drums. And then I, I had to learn 12 songs in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just told them to begin with, I'm not very confident about this, but I learned it well enough that I can, Play everything without stopping the song and starting it over, and yeah, and, yeah. and these these four bass parts, double bass parts, because if you've heard the music, you know it's it's pretty heavy and groovy, but there's also mm-hmm. some really intricate, tricky mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, uh, that has to be you know like super like inhumanly tight and type. You know, like I call it guitarist's drums because it's something that a drummer would never write. Yeah, it's always yeah, the guitarist that writes yeah. those those types of things. So, but I just told him, oh, I've been under a lot of pressure. I can definitely play it, so the vibe is right. You know, it can groove. But these, these, and these parts, I'm gonna suck at. So, so just be warned. And uh, I, I think it went well. And now I just, you know, I have a a month before we actually have to play live. So I know okay. what I'm doing for my my summer vacation. Yeah, I'm practicing cabal. <laughs> but about the, what you just say, what you say about the record and the satisfaction yeah. you had after listening to the tracks, and I think that this is then when the artist self, uh, the musician self, feels good about it or feels that it was an, an, a positive experience, then this will also be on the on the record, you know, like mm-hmm. if the feeling it's good. It wasn't just we we need to put some music out. And because you feel it in the end, it's like yeah. it's like when you talk to somebody and it's really excited about something, you feel it that it's believing that or you, you got that you know the motivation. And um, I still think that when there's a couple of friends of mine coming, hey, you have to check it out. It's um, we are trying something new. We are really motivated. So you, you just you know, see, hmm, I can yeah. I can feel it. So I, I, and um, you know about. Um, I think I want to ask you a more technical question. What's okay. your method? Like you said, now you're starting those uh, Kabbal songs. Uh, yeah. What is your approach to something like this? I mean, when somebody comes, hey, you just listen to the track and you try to slow down the time and looking for what's the best way you to, to, to combine your technique to the expectation of the band or you have some specific way to do that? I, I talk to them. And hear their expectations. So I had a discussion with. I'm guessing you you must know Chris if you know the Scarred by Beauty guys. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the 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 the, the evil mastermind behind Cabal, <laughs> and um, so I, I and he asked me if I could play the shows, 
And I just asked, all right, uh, and I just was straight up, I, I have a bit of time pressure to learn the songs. Uh, do you want me to play it as the record? Because then I might not have time for all 12 songs. Or do you want me to, again, prioritize that you can play the songs and it feels good? Mm-hmm. And then I know what I have to improve afterwards. And, and he just said the latter, like, he's very, you know, he's a guitarist. So he's very, like, as long as you know, you know, the places where the kick drums sync up, focus on those. And then mm-hmm. all the little, you know, splashes and stuff. Yeah. That's what, whatever. And uh, he just said, well, we want to see what you do with it. So I, and, and if he, maybe he, he could have had a different preference. Uh, mm-hmm, of course. Then I would have just been honest. All right. If you want me to play the songs perfectly, I'm going to show up and, and play half the set. And then the next week, I'm going to play two more songs. Next week, I'm going to play two more songs, but then it'll be perfect. And then I just sit down and uh, I didn't get taps for the songs. I usually would like that. But I just sit down, I make a Spotify playlist, and then I try to listen, you know, like, like really intently through the song and just write down a little note map roadmap mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yes. take notes so i have each like very detailed section going through the song and i listen through it a few times while reading it just to internalize it because the 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 point that i want to get to is the feeling that that the music sort of plays me uh, and this is the, because then you're not thinking about oh i have to start at the hi hats go over the toms and and hit the simple yeah, you're just saying, all right, all right, this is how the song goes, and then you're just part of the song, uh, and then you can always adjust the details of what you're actually playing because then you just adjust your own perception of what should. It's sort of it's a little abstract, but that's sort of how I think about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually funny. I I spoke to and I spoke to I asked a question to George Collier, the drummer of Nile, once I was at a clinic with him. Mm-hmm, cool. Uh, you 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 know you know her right? Yeah. yeah. Best world's best death metal drummer. You can't change my mind. He's such a legend. Uh, and 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 I was talking about something about you know learning to play what he does uh, at those tempos, and he just said, "Well, you know, I just I just play the music. Like, well, this this needs to be two eighty, so I play." You know, 280 BPM. So I just played 280 BPM. It's not like it wasn't a goal for him to play 280 BPM. Mm-hmm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. it wasn't. Otherwise, you don't get that fast. But but I think that's the right approach for it. Like, how, what does the, I'm, I'm so far away from the question you asked right now. No, no, no. I think <laughs> but, but I would the say, approach is interesting because. Um, uh, if, if the band asked me, and, and I have a couple of other stand-in gigs uh, coming up after that, uh, where I'm playing some concerts with my friends as well. Uh, and it, the important thing for me is what would make them happy to have me be there? Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it because I, I show up and sound like the record and, um, and everyone's, no one has to worry about it, then that's what I'm going to do. Is it to show up and be fun to, to, to jam with and have some sort of, not total improvisation, but some, some sort of, input on my own of how I want to play the songs mm-hmm. and, and I'm happy to do that. And just like whatever they want, I'm just going to tell them, well, I can do that in one week. I can get that in two weeks. If you want me to play this many songs, just like the record, 
And um, because I'm just going to be honest about what am I able to do? Because I'm not the world's best drummer. Uh, uh, so so this is, these are my abilities. This is, this is what I can give you. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, I, th- I always think that a band live, it's cool when you, you got this live feeling that is not like on the records. But I get yeah. it that it's important that when, you know, that there is this security in some fields and some point when you see that the drummer is not like reading because sometimes you, you listen to some uh, drum students that I have learned, they learn a song by tablatures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's really mechanic. It's not really groovy, you know? And yeah. uh, I think this is the important thing, but at the same time, if you are a band and say, oh, we have like a guest drummer, I think it's mm-hmm. also interesting to see how in some ways interpretates the song, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's some bands that do that, oh, and some drummers that, like, if you're a big name drummer, then uh, I, I heard an in- I saw an interview with uh, Gavin Harrison. If you know him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he just he told the interviewer that when he does a record, he records the drums in his home studio and and mixes them, or he gets someone to mix them. But he knows exactly what his what he wants to drum his drums to sound like, and then he just sends the band a a finished. Uh, stereo mix of his drums okay <laughs> so he doesn't let anyone else interfere with what he does or how he sounds and okay. also he sounds incredible like mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like a world-class drummer so, so he can do that i'm i'm not that guy so i want them to feel happy playing mm-hmm. with me and uh, the way i do that is also i did that with with, with a ball as well i simplify stuff until I can make it feel good. So as I said, then I, I'll have time to work on the stuff I can't play yet. Mm-hmm. So I told them, you're getting like the Neanderthal version of these drums. Yeah. Uh, uh, because right now I can, I, can play, I can play like a Neanderthal. I can't play like... The other guy's actually also called Nikolai. <laughs> I can't, can't play like the, the other Nikolai. Uh, not yet. Maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see how far I get. Uh, but until like... Uh, Neanderthal works to begin with. That's a... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But for example, if we take a, a huge band, let's take Slipknot. I mean, mm. they got Joe Jordis on playing drums. And I mean, I was really amazed the way he plays because you recognize his style. You yeah. Know? Um, and then uh, the, they choose for Jay Weinberg. And I mean, this was an interesting choice. But I think it's interesting because they didn't lose the, the sleep not wipes. But at the no. same time, you, you feel that there is somebody else uh, yeah. on the drum. You know, like it was a good, interesting balance as a yeah. choice thing. Yeah, with those guys, I think it's also because, you know, and I love Joe Jordison as a drummer, but also like part of his charm is, as with everyone, is, you know, his limitations. Like mm-hmm. he played those fills and you can hear he's really, really pushing it. And he's not like Vinicola Yuda or something. He, mm-hmm. He's not the, he's not like a chameleon. He sounds like he does because this is what he can do. Mm-hmm. And you can also, um, I'm perfectly happy with Jay Weinberg, but, but to me, he's, He's there because he sounds enough like George Jordison, mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. a very, very competent and, and creative drummer in his own right. But he still has to, you know, and I'm, he knows this as well. He's brought in to sound like 
Slipknot drums. So, so I think in that way, Joey Jordison, you know, he invented that sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Invented the sound of like new metal drums, but he invented, you know, he was just big enough that now he's like the sound of, of that, of that band. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was, uh, when I discovered punk rock, I mean, um, that's interesting. I received yesterday two uh, LPs. Um, I, I have a ton of CD here uh, mm. because they are dear to me. And, but I decided to buy um, the LP version of CDs that I had, you know, my favorite. Mm. And I got, finally, I got my top three. I got No Use for a Name, uh, Making Friends, um, No Fan at All. Uh, is, mm. I think that's Swedish and with the big no cover and Millen Colin with uh, same old tunes. And, you know, for example, to me, uh, the drumming on Millen Colin album for what punk rock is, to me at the time was like, what? <laughs> This was the, I think one of the motivational of still getting to the drum, you know, like, <laughs> and, um, and, and I have a lot of friends saying, oh, you know, cool, but it's too simple, you know? But, and this is maybe the tricky part that, in, that influenced me badly, you know, because, uh, but uh, that's the way. I mean, um, yeah, but it's fun. Sorry, I, I was a little distracted. I was pouring a cup of coffee, so my, I was away from the mic. Yeah, but I, I'm also, I, I'm not a huge punk rock fan, but there's some bands that I really like, like uh, Bad Religion. Uh, I think not all, like they, they've released a lot of stuff that is, I think, not not as good as they can be when they're really good. Mm -hmm. But I'll, no, no, I'll just listen, listen. It's up to them. I'll just listen to the stuff I prefer. But, you know, when I hear a guy like like that, uh, well, he's not in the band anymore, but Brooks Wackerman. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, like, if you go to one of these, and I'm not disparaging that genre at all, but, you know, that's just the scene we're in. If you go to one of these uh, prog festivals that we play, Like, and now I'm going to sound more harsh, but, but it's meant in love, but like none of these nerds trying to play 13, 16th notes, uh, beats and sound like Alex Rudinger and those, mm -hmm. none of those can play a punk rock song as good as, as Brooks Wackerman. Like, mm -hmm. and he's so fucking, you know, energetic, but he's so tasteful at the same time. And he yes. just fits the music perfect. I know what you mean. And it's and I've tried drumming some bad religion. Like I am not a good punk rock drummer. It's the same with you know the, the guy from from No Effects. And you 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 can see him like he's not a refined and I'm using quotation marks like he's not like a tasteful drummer, but he's just like the perfect no effects drummer. I don't remember his name. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I know, I, I definitely yeah. know what, what you're saying, yeah. yeah. And, and another course, band that I really enjoyed was uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, before Dave Lombardo could join in, but they had like a, a guy playing called... Eric uh, Moore? Eric, yeah, man. Yeah, I saw him live. He's, I, he's like, but, but like he's also, he's like on another level, like. But, but, you know, uh, the thing about suicidal tendencies, like, I don't know their history, but they've all, always had, like, really, they're like a skate punk band that have always had, like, world-class musicians, it seems. 
Which yeah, but really the, cool. because also they had this funky influence, so it was not just yeah. tunta, tunta, tunta. They, they need somebody groovy, you know, like yeah. And, and, and Eric Moore's a guy like that. Of course, he's like known because he's insanely fast. Like he can cram yeah so many notes into a bar. It's it's unbelievable, and he'll mm-hmm. use like yeah, he'll use the entire drum kit twice in one bar. Uh, but he's sort of a guy like I have no desire to try to play like that like the whole gospel chops thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i'm not gonna put in the time to yeah. learn to play like that because it's not applicable to what i do but i just love that he exists that's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah. the fun fact uh, is that i was working this jets festival and uh, okay. of course i was working with my band t-shirt and i had uh, this suicidal tendency hat you know yeah. with, a, with a flip on and and uh, there is this bus player coming down from a session, really smooth session, you know, and mm. uh, he comes to me say, oh, suicidal tendencies, you like the band? Yeah, one of my best friends played drum in the band, you know, like, <laughs> and it was funny because he was playing really smooth jazz or you need that comes mm. out. He said, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I also like this kind of music and friends mm. into that uh, in, um, environment and, and this is what I think amazing and I love about music is that um, sometimes you have this idea that some musician just will just play this kind of music, but then you you discover that yeah they like music for what it is for all the colors they had all the variation and and this is this is one of the best things that I love uh, talking to different artists because yeah, because you, you see you understand from where come the influence and the passion. And why they focus, yeah. as you said, you focus on more on this and that, but you still have this 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 um, this idea that that these artists can give you this kind of influence or or idea, even even if not manipulating or influence directly your your way to play, but in some ways it's still somewhere in your head, you know, like and um, yeah, know. and that comes from all over, like for example for actually both this and the previous record like we've used a lot more synths mm-hmm. and and i think a lot of that influence has come like from we want to have it sort of a bit like a like a soundtrack feel mm-hmm. and i kind of i used uh i don't i don't know are you i don't know how much of a movie nerd you are but you know uh, you know who michael mann is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i just i don't know i've seen a few of his movies that i really really like and i just he has sort of even like that, he he makes action movies, so it's not like it's it's not like high art or something. But he has like like the sound is it's like very cold and melancholy, sort mm-hmm. of the whole feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've we try to do that with especially the synths on our record, uh, but also talking about crossover. Like then we got we got this guy for both of these last records uh, called uh, Ole, and he's a, he's a record producer, and he was part of this. Um, really successful, at least in Denmark, a pop group called uh, Dune. So we got him to do the synths on this record and the previous one just because, and like he, he, he's a pop producer normally, but he was really happy to do it. Uh, we just, you know, we just wanted, we know what we can do. We can probably write some cool stuff, but mm-hmm. we want like, we won't just want the fucking, we want the best people working on it. And we mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. the best people when it comes to making synths uh, sound cool and feel cool. 
so there's some yeah i really like that crossover as well mm-hmm. uh, sorry i sort of took your your point and and just <laughs> made it something else but uh No, no, that, that yeah. that's what I like. That's what yeah. I like when, when there's and, this and interaction. The, and, <laughs> and, and, we, and we had so many of those experiences on this record because we agreed that we had sort of our previous record, we had sort of, we, not a terrible, but we had some bad experiences, a little bit of bad taste in our mouths, just creatively in the process. And of course, it didn't really do as well as we wanted. So we, we just said for this record, okay, we'll, we'll make the record... We, we want to make we want to make it like really focused really good really we, we're not gonna put any stuff within this filler we, we cut a bunch of stuff and a bunch of like fully produced tracks we ended that didn't end up get there because they they weren't good enough and those are really hard discussions to have but uh, the other thing was also that we want to make the product the production like we don't want it to sound like a small band it's the same mm-hmm. when we play live we we bring we bring our own you know lights and our own crew and stuff because we want to play if we play a festival we want to look you know more professional and yeah, play better than the yeah. bands that play after us because we want to look like we should have been playing later mm-hmm. and we sort of brought the same thing to this record so sort of like if it's meant to sound like a Uh, as we said, we, we want, well, we, we wrote some synths. We are not going to toy around with a shitty plugin we don't know how to do. We're going to get like a professional guy to do mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. synths. So the synths sound, you know, excellent. Yeah. And we want the instruments on there that's supposed to be real instruments. We want them to be real instruments. So we got like, we got a pianist, a saxophonist you heard no connection we got a violinist we got a cellist we brought in a choir uh, and all of these people from different backgrounds they were sort of like oh it's it's really cool to play on a metal record <laughs> which is sort of nice because we don't really think of ourselves as you know we are not that special yeah. or interesting we're just you know four nerds that uh, that play music But you know the, this, like the saxophonist guy, and he was like, he's like a professional jazz musician. He knew he just came in, and 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 we were like, it was my idea to put a saxophone solo in the song, and some of the other guys were a bit skeptical. And the way we wrote the song, that didn't really need to be a solo in that section. It could mm-hmm, just be mm-hmm. like a, a a nice sort of midsection piece. But I just really kept pushing on it, and we tried to write some ideas like in temperature and and. Uh, And then we say, oh, we'll bring the guy to the studio and get him to do the solo and then we'll decide. And he just did the first improvised take. I think I have a video of it somewhere where you can just, it's a, he's in the control room and he improvised the take and then it breaks and it's silence and you just can just hear everyone in the room, control room next to him going, <laughs> So yes. uh, it was just such a cool experience mm-hmm. getting people like that who had like, no background like we did like we also just we want to hire people that can just do a good job come in do a good job and make us look cool basically mm-hmm. now this Because is important and something that i like it i mean the way when you have an idea uh, of course you can do on your own but you know that you won't be like If there is somebody else doing that, that didn't have the right know-how, but also it's like an another point of view because sometimes you doing thing on your own, you stay with your 
with your line and uh, when you have some a third part coming in it can also brings you another ideas others you know it, it makes evolve positively um, the whole thing so yeah yeah and i personally that's like you know we are a core of four people in the band so we are in charge creatively and of course like with everything and we have all the responsibilities but i love in the creative process and especially in the production part i love sort of being collaborative because i love getting outside people's view on it because i mm -hmm. think we're at a point where we're confident enough about what we know is good uh, that like we are happy to have someone have a different well maybe this doesn't need that extra bridge or throw out the breakdown this, mm -hmm. this song doesn't need a breakdown it's not a metal core song it's like you know a prog rock song uh, yeah. or like uh, or, or someone comes in you know and just improvises a saxophone solo we're not you know we're not gonna know how that's gonna sound but but we are really interested to hear the the thoughts and it was the same with you know getting the guy uh, because uh, chris uh, from cabal mm -hmm. as you know he's also a producer mm -hmm. i don't know if i said that already but um he produced most of the he produced all of the vocals and all of the additional instruments uh, we okay. recorded with yeah. him but then we got uh jakob hansen uh, to mix it, who's like, he's like a really well-established Danish producer. He's done like, you know, Volbeat and Catatonia and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think Arch Enemy and the Black Dahlia Murder. So he's like, he's a really well-established uh, guy. So we got him to mix it and I was just, and like, I love Chris and I love working with Chris, but I was like, I'm not going to record the drums with someone else, I want to record the drums with the guy that's going to mix it because, again, he's going to have the best knowledge. And that's also, also like drums are an instrument where if the acoustics of what you capture doesn't fit what the guy who has to make it all sort of fit together wants, he's just going to do what he does and it's the end result is going to suffer so I wanted to go to him and, and record the drums and I was a little you know I could have been easier about that but then, then again it worked out and, and like I was really surprised that we could actually do it with Jakob because I expected him to be way out of outside our budget but uh, yeah. he was really cool about it mm -hmm. uh, and I love recording drums in his studio with him as well yeah uh, so uh, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent again, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's a really good process. Like this is, this was the first time I ever had fun recording drums mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I love playing drums, but I, I hate recording them. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, now I'm definitely curious to see what will comes out from your band. And I hope that also all the audience gonna go listen to it. Come night for alligators. Nikolai, thank you very much for this chat. We are closing this episode. Would you like to say something uh, to close, even also in Danish, if you want? Oh, I'll, I'll just do it in English. Well, uh, thanks to anyone who thought it would be interesting to listen to me ramble. Uh, I really, really hope you'll uh, check it out. What we, check out what we do. Uh, check out uh, Shanti's other podcasts. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Shanti. Uh, uh, do you know when this is uh, being released? Well, I think that's going to be like in a couple of weeks, but... All right. 
So yeah. at that time, we have a new single that, you know, to mm -hmm. the people in the future, we have an old single <laughs> from 9th of July called Nostalgic. Uh, it's, it's like the metal song on the, the album. It's, and we, we wrote, like, the lyrics are about, like, how the metal scene doesn't like us. Uh, so we thought that was uh, appropriate. Uh, check it out. I'm really proud of it. And uh, enjoy your summer and your hopefully your post-COVID uh, reopenings around the world. Check this out. I close this 20th episode with a new single from Cold Night of Alligators. This one is nostalgic. <laughs> Yeah.